Heads up, friends. The unofficial Shopify podcast is made by indie entrepreneurs for indie entrepreneurs and may contain material not suitable for all audiences, like swearing or economics. Listener discretion is advised. Does your store ever feel like another drop in the ocean due to limited design options? There's a better way, I promise you. In a world where standing out is key, I know uniformity is the enemy. That's where Flex comes in, a theme from out of the sandbox designed to break free from the ordinary and unleash your creativity. Flex gives you multiple layout options, custom CSS control, and 13 unique style variants, all designed for rapid deployment and creative control. So don't let your store be another cookie cutter shop. Stand out with Flex. Out of the Sandbox has been trusted by tens of thousands of Shopify entrepreneurs for over a decade, and Flex is online store 2.0 compatible. Remember, with Flex, you have a 14-day satisfaction guarantee. If you don't love it, they'll refund it. It's time to choose uniqueness over uniformity. Choose Flex. With the market becoming more saturated every day, make the switch to Flex today and feel the difference a unique store design can make. Head to outofthesandbox.com to learn more, see the demo, and license your own copy. That's outofthesandbox.com. Now, my friends, welcome back to the unofficial Shopify podcast, the show that gives you insider access to real people and projects in the e-com world, providing you with unbeatable e-com recon. I'm your host, Kurt Elster. Jack Nasty. And today we're going to explore the power of influencer relationships with Tomer Hen, founder of Switch Supplements. Tomer's a digital marketing veteran, a recognized Forbes 30 under 30 entrepreneur. I am not, but it seems like a lot of these pe- people on this show are. And for me, I'm 40. It's too late for me. Uh, but Tomer's made a career of building authentic influencer relationships, helping e-com brands add huge revenue numbers to their bottom line. Six and seven figures, I'm told. But we're going to dive into his strategies for acquiring customers through influencer partnerships. And here is, here's the claim, that his process. Zero upfront budget. That he's got a system. You get social proof for any brand. But he didn't get there. It wasn't all roses. wasn't easy. He's got some mistakes that he's going to share with us that, so you can avoid them. Uh, and I'm also told, this is like a true, I do not know what the big reveal is here. I'm told that there's a big arbitrage opportunity in e-commerce. Oh, I like that. I don't know what it is. And I'm told it's not what we're expecting. So hopefully it lives up to the hype. But all right, Tober, thank you for joining us. I'm, I'm thrilled I get a chance to learn from your expertise here. Yeah, thank you so much, Carl. That was a great introduction. Thank you. I'm excited. How long you been doing this? So I've been doing digital marketing for about 17 years, and I started working with influencers, I want to say about three years ago. I didn't want to be relying on ads. I was doing it for 17 years with my other businesses, and this time I was like, I'm going into e-commerce just so I want, need to be relying on, on Facebook and Instagram and Google. And then... This is where I started working with influencers, or at least tried working with influencers. Um, and yeah, and then it led to be my my main business and what I do most of the day to day. So how much or how many years digital marketing experience did you have? When did you start with this? So I started selling on eBay when I was 13. Me too. Yeah, that's how I started. 
that's just, that's really cool. I, in my school breaks, I just went to the uh, to the post office and I just shipped all these products. And this is where I fell in love with internet marketing and just the internet lifestyle in general. Like I saw my parents and I saw how hard they work um, in their nine to five jobs or their small businesses. And I was like, I don't want to be like that. I want to go to the beach with my friends and, you know, I, I just want to do whatever I want. So internet also allowed me to kind of hide my age because uh, no one actually knew that I was 13 was a sale on eBay. So that was pretty comfortable. Uh, I figured that if I want to work with a serious business, they may not want to work with 30 year old. So that was pretty convenient. Um, yeah. And then it led to where I am today. So I think that it was about 16 and a half years ago. Today, you've got, you have a Shopify store, you have a brand. It's um, Switch Supplements. Tell me about it. Yeah. So Switch Supplements is uh, a brand that I work with, with my business partner, Ryan Daniel Moran. And we founded this brand because we are both entrepreneurs and we figured that, you know, we always need to feel at our best. We always need to be at our A-level a game and we always need to accomplish more. We have, you know, higher goals. And then you're drinking more coffee, you're taking more supplements, and then you can't sleep at night and your mind is racing and then you wake up really groggy. And that's, you know, that's the decision. So we both really love supplements and tropics and biohacking in general. So like, why won't we just take everything that we love about supplements, take all of the best ingredients that we know and just combine them into one product. And this is where we launched OnSwitch, uh, which is our morning focus and flow product. Uh, but our flagship product right now actually is called Kill Switch, which is our nighttime sugar-free hot chocolate that really knocks you out. Our tagline is sleep like you're dead. This is, we're really, le this is some dangerous market. We're leading to this. All right. It's a supplement that helps you sleep with kill in the title. <laughs> exactly. And that's, that's exactly why we decided on this thing. Um, so we were debating with off, uh, off switch or kill switch. And then like, we want to go all in and our tagline is sleep like you're dead. So you have on the package, you have kill and you have dad. Obviously, I mean, you can imagine that it was not easy to get into Amazon, but and we were marked immediately as a dangerous product. Uh, but then once they realized, you know, <laughs> it's just our name, they, they let us go. Um, well, so you had all this digital marketing experience and then you're, you're starting a supplement brand with like supplements, a popular space, but also it has its own uh, difficulties with marketing, right? It could sometimes be a, uh, in a, a restricted or sensitive good, depending on the platform, um, especially when you put kill in the title. What... Um, Tell me about your your experience. What lessons from that immediate digital marketing experience were like immediately applying to you growing your own e-commerce business? I think the immediate thing is that everything is around the numbers. And I know it's, you know, it's kind of like a cliche, but everything that I've done in the last, you know, 17 years was performance marketing. So I want to see $1 in, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I want to see $1 out and $2 in, right? Everything else is just noise that I need to avoid. And sometimes it was, you know, it was good to use this uh, approach, but sometimes when you're talking about building a real brand versus just selling products, you understand that you need to plant some seeds and some of them will not back up as immediate revenue right now. Especially in the supplement space, by the way, when your goal is to acquire customers, it's not just to make sales because you may lose money on the front end purchase, but if you have a customer for life with a great product, then you make money, you know, for years. So 
I think that was that was the main takeaway. Is like everything is not performing well, especially when you're coming into this branding world where everyone is like around brand awareness, and views and likes and engagement. And like, yeah, but where is the revenue? I mean, we're going to run out of cash if we're not going to look at how many dollars are we spending and how much are we bringing in. So I think it took me about probably 18 months or so to to mitigate both of these approaches. So coming from my hard performance marketing, direct response experience, all the way into building a real long sustaining brand and understanding that this is a long this is a long-term game. So finding this middle ground took me a while, cost me a lot of money, a lot of energy, a lot of frustration. Uh, but I believe, I'm carefully saying that, I, I will say that I believe that I found a middle ground um, and the sweet spot. So with when did you launch Switch Supplements? We launched Switch Supplements about 18 months ago. How's it performing? Like what is that, you know, in broad strokes, that trajectory look like from zero 18 months ago to today? So I'm very happy that we speak today and not three months ago, just because in the last three months we had this breakthrough. So we launched, we first started with OnSwitch, which was our morning supplement. And we had kill switch and off switch as in our, in our road, in our product roadmap. And we always thought that since OnSwitch was our first product, we will lead with customer acquisition for OnSwitch. People will love it. And then we'll be able to uh, upsell or cross-sell with kill switch and, and later on off switch, which is our evening wind down product yet to be released. And we had a very hard time on making, on acquiring customers profitably with OnSwitch for the first year or so. So Ryan has a big audience, so they helped us get some momentum. Um, we also work with a few influencers who love their product. We also work with a few retail, like really small retail stores that love their product. But when we went into cold traffic and acquiring customers on Facebook, we were really, really, really struggling. So our product was about the average was it was sold for around forty five dollars, and our CPAs was way above ninety or so. So that was very, really not sustainable. And just maybe two and a half months ago. We decided, hey, why wouldn't we just? I mean, people love Kill Switch. Like they, they, they are absolutely obsessed with Kill Switch. We had one customer who wanted to pay a hundred dollars for express shipping to Canada because it was about to run out. So that was crazy. So we're like, why are we just looking at it as a as a backhand offer or a cross sell product? Let's try and send direct traffic directly to Kill Switch. And within just a few days, it was absolutely outperforming on Switch. So we were profitable from day one on customer acquisition. Now, since we scaled up, obviously we couldn't keep these nice profit margins, but we really scaled up. Um, and now we about we break even on customer acquisition. So since we know that people love Kill Switch, we are now we are under the theory that that people will buy Kill Switch again and again. Right, the the critical mass of people who bought Kill Switch were actually in the last two months, but people before that like really really loved it. So now we are seeing, okay, let's see if those people who we acquired with cold traffic, let's see if they buy again and again, and this will help us scale up, raise more capital, get more influencers on board, get more momentum, etc. So right now we break even, 
which is a huge win for us in the supplement space. That's 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 what you that's where you want to get on front end customer acquisition, right? You want to break even on first time purchases. If you have a good product, you have average of 25, 30 people who will rebuy again or sign up a su- subscription or buy a, a second product. And that's where you make all your profits. Yeah, that's, I mean, the, the magic and the attraction of consumable goods, you know, whether it's uh, food, supplements, is it's not one and done. That person's going to come back yeah. if they liked the experience, if they liked your product. And ideally, you, know, you can get them into some kind of continuity, like a subscription, um, or, you know, maybe they're just making large, like 90-day supply purchases yeah. manually, and then you just have to preempt it with reminder emails. You know, that, and so you think it's like, you know, typically 25% of people will come back and rebuy? If you have a good product and a good retention program. you We've got two products. Do similar, they do similar, but do opposite things, right? We got yeah. like, get up and go. And then we've got go to sleep. And so there's an advantage to this is like you're essentially selling a system here, um, which is great when they complement each other like that. So once you've got that system, things start to take off about three, four months ago. The way you talked about it, it sounded like a, the traffic acquisition was was break even, but PPC, it was Facebook? Yes, exactly. So we only do Facebook and Instagram. I thought your whole deal was uh, influencers building um, micro-influencer relationships. Right, yeah. So... Let's let's go back to influencers. So again, I, I I told you my background is with performance marketing, and working with influencers. I think for me that was the exact opposite of performance marketing. It was when I first started with influencers, and that's where I lost almost I think it was over fifty thousand dollars. Is because I was taught, you know, on YouTube and Google, it's like you need to pay influencer for a post, and then you know suddenly you're getting this you know huge amount of sales, and that's what I did. I just I just reach out to influencers, pay them whatever they asked for, uh, sponsor podcasts, you know, did all of that, and then nothing happened. You know, we received less than two percent ROI on all of our spend. And like, what's going on here? Like, we can continue running like that, but I didn't want to be reliant on Facebook and Google. So I didn't want to work with influencers because I knew that I was buying so many products after I saw influencers posting about it. But for some reason, it doesn't work for us. So since we already spent all of our money, I had to build relationships with influencers who are not based on monetary exchange or paying them, but were built on long-lasting relationships, which started as with just five influencers who loved our product. That was before Switch Supplement, by the way. It was another supplement brand that I migrated into Switch, but never mind. And they love their product. They love their product. And and that's how we started the relationship. Like I started texting them. I sent them more product. We were working on a collaboration, affiliate program, all of that. I never paid them a dime, you know, outside of the commissions for sales they, they generated. But those five influencers really, really, really love their product. And that's how it started. Did you the recognize it- them up front as influencers? Or did you just say like, hey, I've got these VIP customers that I'm close to? No, they they were influencers. You know, they were influencers that we that I sourced on YouTube and in, mostly YouTube at that time uh, when I just got started because I was not super active on Instagram and TikTok, so YouTube was easier for me. Um, the thing is, although it was very very, I, I saw how it will turn out into you know creating more momentum for my brand 
But the thing is that it took so much time to source them, to communicate with them, to nurture those relationships. It's kind of like dating with someone, right? So I understand that if I can get, you know, even five sales a week out of each influencer, that's a huge win. The thing is that I need probably a hundred influencers to really get some traction to my brand who's just getting started. I can't manage hundred relationships like that. I can't even find a hundred relationships like that. So, so I figured there must be a way, and that's that's where my um, my performance marketer mind comes into play. Like there must be a way to systemize it. There must be a way that I can take relationship building that I'm doing one on one as Tomar, the founder, talking to individuals, but in a systemized way. It's kind of like systemizing everything in your business. But I couldn't find any place where you can have a system that you can outsource, that you can have a very clear SOP to someone else that will not be looked as, you know, just a simple virtual assistant who is sending out mass reach out, but it will perceive as the founder who's taught or someone on the brand's internal team that's speaking with brand values to many influencers and creating those deep relationships with them. And some of them will bear fruit. That was my thesis that that was my theory that what I wanted to create so I started working with and hiring seven and eight figure brand founders who I recognized who had success with those same strategies they were building their business their entire businesses based on influencer relationships so I hired them you know to go on one-on-one calls to do some mentoring um you know they're, they're not like agency owners or anything like that they were just founders like me they were just 10 steps ahead of me so I said, I want to know what you know. So you sought out, you sought out mentors like you, people who you're like, they, they're where I want to go. Yes, exactly. Okay. They already built seven, eight, some of them nine figure brands. I wanted to be there. And my, my mentor said, you know, if you want to, if you want to go somewhere, just find the people who are, who have already done it and then work with them, hire them, communicate with them and just learn from them. So that's what I did. And I took all of their advice. You know, they all had different strategies and different approaches to influencer relationships because at the, end the, at the end of the day, you know, it's just relationship. It's kind of like, it's kind of like get, getting dating advice. It's not like there is one, one size fits all. There's many ways to get to the same result. So I started taking those bits of, in, these bits of information from all of them to craft it into a system that I can then pass into my team. I had a team, um, you know, of about 35 people. So I was like, right, let's just find a few of them who will be the right people to start taking what I started doing with five influencers and doing it with 500 influencers. So we can create more and more and more momentum. And the our number one rule, we didn't call it that at that time, but it was we did not negotiate with influencers. Like, I don't want to hear anything about paying an influencer to post about our brand. I, you know, I was traumatized with paying over $50,000. Whoa. Yes. And, you know, at, at first you're like, oh my God, that's the best deal ever. Like you have 2 million followers. You only want, you know, $8,000 to get a, a post about it, whatever it is. Right. And, you know, if I only get 0.1% of people to buy, that's like the, the math that everyone's doing. But in reality, it just doesn't work like that. Imagine losing out on 30% of your sales simply because your tracking isn't accurate. Inaccurate or insufficient data tracking can lead to wrong decisions and missed opportunities. It's like sailing a ship without a compass. Ever wondered why your marketing efforts aren't yielding the expected results? 
the culprit could be your conversion tracking. Without proper tracking, marketing spend can feel like throwing your money into a black hole. But there's light at the end of the tunnel, Elevar. Elevar ensures 100% of your conversions are tracked and delivered to your marketing channels. Trusted by over 6,500 D2C leaders, Elevar is specifically built for Shopify, powering your analytics with complete data sets. Brands like Glossier, Viore, and Magic Spoon all improve their tracking quality and site speed with Elevar. With Elevar, you can instantly deploy server-side tracking, boosting your Klaviyo flow performance by two to three X and your meta performance. Every moment you wait is a potential conversion lost. Don't stay in the dark, bring your data into the light. Get Elevar today and never miss another conversion. Plans start at $0 a month, plus 15 day free trials and all plans. Get Elevar.com, E-L-E-V-A-R, Elevar. So your, your early experience, you discovered what I learned, I think what a lot of people learn is the super high-end people that you're gonna pay the most to don't get the same engagement that the micro-influencers do. Oh yeah, for sure. And even if even if you're talking about paying $500 to a micro-influencer who's got 50,000 followers or 70,000 followers, that, the thing is that it turns the entire relationship into a transactional relationship. Let's let's even put ROI aside. I always like even my grandma can now spot an influencer post that says hashtag paid and recognize it as an ad versus a testimonial. If we were in 2020 or 2019, my opinion would probably be different. But nowadays, audience are so educated. They've seen all these influencer posts, which are potentially ads. And, you know, with the FTC rules, you have to stay hashtag paid or in collaboration with or paid by or whatever. And people can recognize it. Like people can smell from a mile away that the influencer likes this brand's money and not this brand's product, just like they see an ad on TV. So... I wanted to eliminate this completely. I wanted to work with, because we knew we had a really good product. Like we knew that if people are trying our product, many of them would love it. So we wanted to build those relationships only with those who love their product. And then we're willing to share it with their audience because it, it, it does them a favor. They're not doing us a favor. They just found out about this product and now they want to share it with their audience. It's a constant opportunity for them. And again, it, it's not easy to find them. But what most brands are doing is they send out 50 messages a month to influencers, and then five of them respond and say, yeah, we want $1,000 for a post. So they either pay them or they don't do anything. It's like, yeah, influencer marketing doesn't work. When in reality, you need to send out 50 messages every single day if you want to get those three who would love your product. But the reality is that you only need those three. You don't need so many, but it's just a volume game. I always say that influencer relationships is more of a quality game than a quantity game. But in order to get the quality, you need the quantity, right? You need to go out on so many first dates. Some of them will end up after the first one. Some of them will last for a few months, but you only need one to have a beautiful family, right? So, and, and most brands are trying to shortcut their way and pay influencers because these are the the first one who responded to their DMs, or you know they just sent, they just make it like a style. They look at it just like a marketing channel, right? I'm just sending out messages to influencers and see what sticks. 
but you can't, it's, it's kind of like treating your customer service as just a side hustle. It's, it, it can't be, right? It's a vital part of your brand, relationship building. And I think the smart brands that are really, really, really nailing it with influencer relationship are really getting it. And this is why I don't believe that influencer relationships should be outsourced to an agency or should be outsourced to any outside team. Like you need to own a system that you can scale up as much as you'd like because you know your brand's nuances better than anybody else. And if you want to control your business's relationships, you need to have that in-house. And that's what we we decided to do. We worked with agencies, we tried doing that, and it just never backed up. Like we had to work so hard to get everything that we know about our brand and how we want to communicate. And you know, people sign off messages with my name on it, like email signed up with my name. I I'm freaking out when 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 they say things that I would never, I would never, never say or write. So this is why we had to build everything internal. So you, all right, I I had a, a client with a similar experience where they're like, oh yeah, we're going to hire an influencer outreach agency and they promised we're going to, they're going to get us like 30 influencers and X number of sales. And the product and the influencers like completely didn't make sense. The, the fit was not there, even for yeah. like the handful who said yes. Yeah. And so like immediately that's a red flag. And then of course, like, you know, they never, they never produced sales. They never produced results. They struggled to get influencers because they didn't understand it. And they still kept charging that client's credit card until they're like, look, we're done here. Um, yeah. And that's not- Cla- Classic okay, agency move. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a, a not uncommon story in this space. So I'm inclined to believe you when you say, hey, you, you can't, this is one of those things you really shouldn't outsource. But still, you're like, it's got to be authentic. It's got to be for me. Also, I got, you know, people on my team who aren't me who are going to do the outreach and you got to do 50 a day that still sounds like i'm going copy paste copy paste like what's what's different about you doing it internally like this versus the agencies that aren't getting results why does why does your approach work yeah yeah that's a great question so first i think that's that's a common question among brand founders because they think that the end result would be an influencer saying yes or even posting about you once so they look at the outreach as like a very, very, very important part. And it is an important part, but really it's just the beginning of a relationship. So the outreach first, if we're talking about rules of thumb, they should be 100% personalized. So yes, it will take you way longer to write every single message if you look at their content and you say, hey, you know, congratulations on the newborn or, you know, we love your new house, whatever it is, right? Just commenting to see, to show them that this is not AI and this is not a, just a VA that's copying and pasting every message to everyone. It was sent directly to them. And we always get those messages back with all the brands that I work with every single week of influencers responding and saying, you know, thank you so much for actually looking at my content. I received so many messages and people aren't, it's clearly that they're not even, you know, looking at my content. Yeah. So we get yeah. them constantly like for pitches for this, this show. Yeah. And it's all it's yeah. like half the time they won't even get the name right. They're like, yeah. hi, Kurt Paul <laughs> Julie. You're like, what? They're like, I love your show about, and it's just like, it's a different font. Uh, you know. And then they're like, make reference to something we don't even know yeah. what they're talking about. And like yeah. the, those messages, they don't, they don't get replied to. They just get yeah. marked as spam and we move on with our lives. 
Now, if someone gets it right and it's clear like they spent five to ten minutes to include something actually personal and get my the the host of the show correct, even if I know it's like you only spent 15 minutes on this, that still puts you head and shoulders above everybody yep. else. Like yep. that's the one I'm yep. going to consider and probably reply to. So so here, so here right. I, I liked how you said like they spent five to ten minutes. So let's let's take let's take this exercise. So if they spent five minutes on every personalized reach out that you as I would consider an influencer would actually respond to. So if we send 50 of those a day, that's 250 minutes every day that you need to spend on reaching out to 50 influencers. If you have a VA in the Philippines, a Latin America, that you pay $7 an hour, $10 an hour, that means that they need to work for four and a half hours to send 50 outreach messages. And that's about, I don't know, $40 tops, maybe. So with $40 a day, you have a system that sends 50 personalized outreach messages to influencers. And I think that most brands are not getting it and they feel like they need to hire an agency because they need their labor. They need their, their manpower because they don't have time to do all of that. But in reality, what they need is just a know-how. Like, how do I personalize those messages? How do I keep communicating with them? How do I make sure that they actually post about me? That's what you need. Once you have that knowledge once and for all, you can implement it and you can scale it up with a VA that will cost you $500 a month or $1,000 a month, and that's it. Versus paying an influencer agency four, five, eight thousand $8,000 a month, and then once you reach a certain th threshold, they're like, yeah, you need to pay more than that. So you really don't need anybody else's manpower because nowadays, when you can find VAs and interns and almost every brand that I speak to, they already have VAs and interns. They know how to work with them. So it's just about training them to take those nuances, just like they train them on customer service or customer support, train them on influencer relationships. And once you have that system, it's very, 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 very easy to scale and very efficient to scale. So what are you, what's the process for identifying the right people to reach out to? Like I yeah. get, you know, that reach out and have a personal pitch. So now the piece and systematize it and, outsource it to someone within your team who understands your product and your brand. This all makes sense. Um, the pieces I'm missing are, how am I identifying the correct people to reach out to? What am I offering them? And like, what's what's the call to action here? What's the next step? Because it certainly yeah. does not seem like it, you know, hey, how much for a post? That's the wrong answer. Yeah, yeah. So let's, let's start from, from the first question. So identifying, we've tried 12,000 different tools to identify influencers. And I can tell you that nothing beats manual search on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, whatever platform you're working on. Because those platforms have a lot of data on their accounts and their followers. So they know how to suggest you with more accounts that will fit what you're looking for. So let's say that I have, you know, every brand founder can think of one influencer that they wish that they would work with. Go to their profile. And again, that's the exact SOP that you can provide to your VA. Go to their profile and then look at a, at a section that's called suggested accounts. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all of those platforms will suggest accounts that have similar characteristics and similar uh, 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 similar follower base to this account. 
And you can find you know, dozens of these accounts that Instagram will recommend. You go to each of those profiles, you check them out, and I'll talk about how you evaluate them in a second. But then again, you click on suggested account and then you see you know 50 other accounts. And this is how you can do this for days without running out of relevant influencers. And all you need is just those first three to five influencers that you can pop up right over your head and say, these are influencers that I wish you know would promote me. And then you just go down the rabbit hole of finding more and more and more suggested accounts. Now, how do you vet whether they are the right influencers or not? So most people are looking at the numbers when in reality, numbers are the least important in this space. Because again, our number one rule of thumb is we do not negotiate with influencers, which means that we need to provide them value that is outside of hard cash in order for them to potentially post about us. And how would we do that? We would do that by offering them a free product without asking them for anything. And why don't we, do, we ask them for anything? Because most of the brands are asking them for something. They say, I will send you a free product in exchange for your review. Now think about it. They are an influencer. They have 200,000 followers and they're getting approached by so many brands offering them you know, a ridiculous amount of money. Now you reach out to them with your $50 product and you say, hey, this product that you've never tried before, I'm going to send it to you. And in exchange, you're going to post it about it and recommend it to your 200,000 followers, right? Obviously, they will say no if they don't know you and most of the chances they don't know you. So the way to go about it is to do the exact opposite of what everyone is doing. So you say, hey, I love your content. Uh, I love how you talk about X, Y, and Z. We would love to send you this product of ours. We think you love it. We don't ask for anything in return. We just want your honest you no know, feedback about it. That's it. What's your address? That's pretty much it. Very, very, very simple. Product seeding. Product seeding. Exactly. And this, and again, it's product seeding, but without asking for anything. It's very, very important because people sometimes get confused with it. So sometimes with influencers, you say influencer gifting or influencer seeding. At the end of the day, you offer something without expecting anything in return. Now, again, this is just the beginning of a relationship, right? It's just a swipe right on Tinder. Now it's about building and nurturing that relationship. Once they have received the product and they liked it, this is where you start deepening the relationship with them to turn them into actual partners, affiliates, promoters, etc. From our experience, if you spot the right influencers with the right approach, when you don't ask for anything really, you will have anything between 15 to 35% of influencers who will voluntarily post about your product if they liked it. And that's that's a really, really big number because we are seeing every single day with all of the brands that I work with, influencers with two, three, four hundred thousand followers who are posting about those brands voluntarily. They were never asked to, they were never got paid to do that, but they love the product so much. And for them, that was another content opportunity to their audience. I was gonna say that's the catch with being an influencer is the content hole must be filled. And it's a sinkhole. It's just continuous. There is no end to its gaping maw. And so if you're like, hey, we're going to send you some product and they like it, they're like, oh, thank God, content. Exactly. So that's that's another little hack that we use since we are using this strategy. So we always look at their content and see if they share, if there is a high chance that they would share something about our product if they liked it. Meaning if they only promote, you know, inspirational quotes 
or if they only promote their business or if they only promote, if they don't share about their lives, they don't share their morning routine, their night routines, the product they use, the food they cook, you know, all of that. If they don't have so many dots on their storyline, sharing everything about their life, post chances is then they would never post about us. They are not looking for more content to post. They have a very clear agenda of which content they're posting. about. So looking at their content, not just by obviously, you know, they need to be the right fit in terms of the audience. And, you know, that that's pretty straightforward and obvious. Um, and, and the question that we always ask and we tell all of the brands that we work with to ask is, do I think that that would be the perfect customer for me? Like, did I build this product for that person? If the answer is yes, it's probably that they have a lot of followers that look like them. They will be a great candidate for you as an influencer. But then the next stage is to ask, wait, is there a chance that they will post about me? So this is where you need to actually look at their content and recognize whether they will post content about products that they found, food they eat, routines, habits, all of that. And that means that they will post about your product if they liked it. Want to compete with billion-dollar brands and win? Download OneClick Upsell today and give your small business a big advantage. Zipify OneClick Upsell is an upsell app for Shopify that can add 10 to 15% more revenue to your store overnight with AI-powered upsells and cross-sells. That's 10 to 15% more top-line revenue that you can use to buy more ads, buy more customers, and scale your business even in the most competitive marketplace. OneClick Upsell, aka Zipify OCU, was created by the founder of a $175 million Shopify store, and it's trusted by over 13,000 merchants. And with a sky-high average conversion rate of 16%, it's no wonder OneClick Upsell has made its users an extra $500 million in additional upsell revenue. It only takes a few minutes to install the app, launch your first upsell, and start generating 10-15% to 15% more revenue today, as in right now. Go to Zipify.com slash Kurt and start your 30-day free trial. That's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash K-U-R-T. And to get an unadvertised gift, email help at Zipify.com and ask for the Tech Nasty bonus. Tech Nasty. I start with what is, who are the, who's the influencer I want to work with? And maybe there's a few. And it, these, I don't need a special tool. Because increasingly, these social media platforms realize the value of their data and they don't want to give it up and they're going to limit access to it. But at the same time, the platform wants to show relevant content to its users. So you as a user go to the person that you want to work with and then see who it suggests to you. And see, um, the other one we've done is like, well, who do they follow? And sometimes that can elicit some good ones. And then go through that, make that list. And of them, like, okay, who are they talking to? Does they does the audience seem like the right fit? Yes. All right. We've now passed check two. Now check three is of the types of content they're posting, do they post product reviews? Do they talk about products? And if they do, and it's in a similar category, okay, now we definitely have someone that were like A plus candidate. And so we're going to reach out to them personal message that makes it clear I put in some kind of effort to to pay attention to them and then offer, hey, can we, this is what we sell. Can we send it to you free, no strings attached. And then I'm not going to ask them for anything, no matter what, just their address to where I'm sending this product. Beautifully articulated. Thank you. Um, 
And and one little hack that we all uh, that I always like to see is influencers, especially the bigger ones. They're like when when you send out a message like that, and many of them will respond with something like, "What do you expect in return?" And this is where most brands, you know, they're just dying to say, "Just post about us if you like it." And this is exactly where it's your time to shine over all of the other brands and say, "Hey, we really don't expect anything in return. We just want to get your feedback." Like, oh, you know, I, I'm not used to that. And this is how you build a relationship. The and we don't need an agency. We do this internally, which I think is like the a huge savings. Um, but I think also it sounds like a better result. Yep, exactly. So what from from there? What what do we do next? Do we just say like, okay, great, and you know, just keep churning through influencers with product seeding, or is there a next step there? Yeah, so great, great point. So again, as I said, this is just the, this beginning of a relationship. The next point of momentum, as we call it, is where an influencer sent you some positive feedback about your product. If they didn't like it, you know, there's nothing much that you can do about it. Maybe you can send them a different product if you feel like it. Maybe you can just ask for your feedback so you can improve your product. But, you know, if they liked it, this is where you want to you know what, climb up the, what we call the value ladder. It's like, how can I give more to that relationship so I can also get more out of this relationship? Again, you go on the first date, you know, you may take them to a nice restaurant, but now let's take them to a fancy restaurant. Why? Because they showed interest. They showed that they are interested and I want that relationship. So let's impress them even more. And this is where things are getting interesting. And what does impressing them mean? First, this point, if they liked it, there are two options, whether they post about, posted about you or they did it. And in both options, if if they pass all of the criteria that we, we talked about in a few minutes ago, it means that you still want to work with them, right? Even if they haven't, you know, paid you back with a post, they might do it later on because, again, you identify them, you, you know that they create content, you know that if you add more value to them, they probably would do it. And... This is where you want to add them more value to the relationship. So, for example, if you send them one product so far, you may want to send them a care package with five of your product or a refill. If that's a supplement, for example, or a food brand or a consumable, you have the opportunity to keep sending them more and more products, either to them, their loved ones, and just nurture that relationship. So they will be like, hey, you know, I'm getting a lot of this relationship. I want to preserve it. What is my way of paying back to a brand? And, you know, they are aware of it, that they have the power to just flip their phones for 30 seconds, shoot a video to their audience. They, this will give you a ton of value. It costs them, again, a minute of their time. And they also had, you know, great content for their audience. So they would be very willing to do that. Again, it's not 100% certain. It's a funnel. But this is why you need to filter your way, just like you acquire customers, you acquire leads, you have, you know, impressions and clicks and leads and conversions and sales and repeat buyers and referrals and all that. This is where you want to, you know, build that funnel. But the nice part about it is that you build intangible value. What do I mean by that? So at this point, you don't want to pay, you know, you have the option to pay them with cash for their post, but you have the opportunity to create intangible value for them. For example, if you send them a VIP package of your product with beautiful, you know, you have your brand swag and you have a handwritten note and you have this beautiful box just screamed like, you know, share me, you know, take a video, make a reel about me. It's intangible value for them. 
if you have, if you hold a giveaway, you offer them, for example, to hold a giveaway to their audience. And you know, you know what? I, I want to give out 10 units of my product since you really loved it. Let's give out 10 units of this product to your audience. For them, their audience is their most valuable asset. So they're like, you know, they, they would love to make this with you. You provide value to their audience. It means that you provide value to them. They will want to pump up this post because it creates more value to them. And this is how you build that flywheel. You don't want to, you don't want to start with that. You want to build your way up. I know. I, yeah. It'd be an automatic. It'd just be like, no, get out. Like, what? Do you, no. I think the thing that where people get in trouble is, well, two things. A, they're like, they're not taking that relationship approach because it is. And you use the dating metaphor. I've used that for discussing, um, you know, marketing and that, that customer relationship building. Yeah. But it absolutely it applies. And so first you need, you know, before before the influencer introduces you to their children, you need to earn their trust, right? Yeah. The, and so that's what, like, what you're doing is just trying to first find them and then earn their trust. Once you have that, all right, provide even more value to them. So, like, here's a care package. And if that's still going well, okay, now we're we're on date three. Now let's let's ask for can we do this giveaway? And I think what people would be surprised about with influencers is they they care about the audience because that is their value. The audience is their value. They care about the audience. They will try to protect them. They are protective of that relationship. And so that's why you have to go through this. And then, but at the same time, like if it's a thing that they trust, then they are willing to share it with the audience because they're like, well, it provided value to me. It could provide value to them. And this giveaway helps me look like a hero and provide value to them. It's brilliant. Okay. I love it. Yeah. So the giveaway is just one example for a third date, right? There are so many other things that you can do. You can have, um, you know, for example, let's talk about kill switch. So we can have a sleep expert coming and talking to 20 of your um, followers talking about sleep habits and sleep hygiene, or, you know, having a community of entrepreneurs who are biohackers. And, you know, you can do so many things with influencers. You just don't start with it. One other thing that you can do, and what many brands are doing completely wrong, is affiliate partnerships, right? And affiliate partnerships are huge nowadays. And affiliates, you know, influencers are affiliates. But what most brands are doing is they send out a message and say, hey, would you be my, would you become my affiliate? And what is an affiliate partnership really? It's zero risk for the brand, right? You only pay if you get sales. And it's 100% risk on the influencer, right? They create a content, they post about it, they, you know, lose their audience's trust because they can they can just do it, you know, for just a number of times. And they may receive nothing out of it or very low value out of it. So why would someone do that for a brand they never heard about? They never tried a product. And they don't know you, like you're just a random person on the internet that reached out to them. So if you build your trust over a few weeks or a month, and then you say, hey, you know what? You posted about this twice. We love that, but we really love to com- to compensate you for that moving forward. We'd love to add you to our affiliate program. Here is a link. You get 35. Do you think that they will agree to at least give it a try? Obviously, if they already received product, they liked it, they saw that you were a good person, you know, they liked your team, they saw that you were not asking them for anything, and then you offer a business partnership. They're like, you know what? I'll give it a try. Yes. Well, because because we have an agency, I get people constantly like, oh, jo- they have, we have an agency partner program. Oh, you should join. Like from someone I've never yeah. heard of. And I know 100% it's, hey, you're just going to hit me up for referrals. And then 
I get an affiliate payout. However, my experience with those things is yeah, there's always reasons you don't get the payouts or you know, it's like, well, that one didn't count. There's always that nonsense. And so when it's yeah. someone who you don't trust, like for me, the answer is an automatic no. Of course. Yeah, just like any business partnership. And this is why people, and this is why I really like that, you know, I always say influencer relationships because I, I really, really don't like the term influencer marketing because you don't market to influencers. If you if you try to market to influencer, you, you'll just lose. And this is why most brands say, yeah, influencer marketing is dead. And, you know, they're, they're asking for a huge amount of money. But in, in reality, again, these are just normal people who have yeah, just people. an asset that you, could, that you can ask, you, you, you want to get access to, and you just need to build a trust, right? You, you can build your trust with, you know, a multi-billionaire if you want. You don't have to pay them for that. You can just build your way until you become their friends, right? It's just about understanding what is the value that they need or that you can provide as a brand founder and how to systemize that in a way that you can shoot to so many directions and then pick the ones that you really, really like and that will burn. I'm all in on this. We still have, you have not told me what this this biggest arbitrage opportunity in e-com is. Essentially, you are exchanging a free product that is perceived, usually, you know, in, with e-com margins today, it is perceived about four to six times than what it actually costs you to deliver to an influencer. And in exchange, you're getting an intangible amount of value for a product that may cost you, you know, a fifth of what is actually perceived to an influencer. So if you have an option to pay $100 or $1,000 for influencer post or pay $1,000 in free product, those $1,000 that you spend on a free product are perceived at maybe five dollars to $7,000, depending on your margins, to those influencers. So... And in exchange, you're going to get a post that costs them 30 to 60, 30 to 60 seconds of their time. For you, it may be worth tens of thousands of dollars over the next few months from direct sales, affiliate partnerships, and then using that content as ads that may turn into you know your most profitable ad for the next few months. We just last week for that. I'll give you I'll give you an example. So um, last week, I had one of the brands that I work with, they reached out to an Amazon influencer. And this influencer only had 3,500 followers. And their product is, they cost to, to the consumer, it's around $30. Their cost is maybe eight. So they delivered an $8 product to that influencer with 3,500 followers, which is way lower than what we recommended to do, but they did it anyway. And they they had one you know, internet troll that commented something on this post. And then there were so many of their followers just slashing him and defending that influencer about what they said. And that post became viral. Within 48 hours, it had over 3 million views. And they sold out completely on Amazon with that product with over $25,000 in sales. And the beauty of it is that that influencer ne was never even an affiliate for that brand. They just posted about it because they tried it, liked it, they just posted a review and they sold out, sold $25,000 and, you know, they just exchanged an $8 product to $25,000 in sales. 
that's Whoa. something that you can never, never, never achieve. If that influencer, just as an example to everything that we just talked about, if that influencer would have posted this review and said hashtag paid or in collaboration with, it will never get that amount of attention and traction and authenticity that it actually received and generate these sales. So let's let's reflect here. Looking back, now that you've done this a while, you've had success with it, what's one thing you wish you knew when you started? So obviously I would want to save those $50,000. So understanding that big numbers mean nothing and engagement and the ability to drive product is everything at the end of the day. I mean, you know, we can talk about all this fuss of engagement and likes and, and, you know, views and all that. But at the end of the day, if you want to have a sustainable business, you need to have more revenue and sales. So that's the number one metric that you should track your influencer efforts towards. Now, the way to get there may lead with, you know, engagement and likes and relationships and calls and things and posts and content. But at the end of the day, you need to track how many sales was this driving to me? Because again, my performance marketer mind, all these things, how can I justify rippling down on that path that I just decided to take? And it's very hard to convince me or my finance guys or my investors, whoever it is, to triple down on, on something that is very, very arbitrary and something that you're not able to track with actual results and revenue. That is, yeah, the the ephemeral yeah. nature of it. You know, everyone wants to be able to attribute all of their their dollars spent on marketing. And with some things, it, it just isn't realistic or practical. And so that's, yeah. I think that's also part of people's resistance um, to yeah. trying this. But the approach you've laid out, it really, because it essentially it cost me zero dollars to try it upfront. Um, just to try and get people who are willing to let me send them free product. And you'll be surprised yeah. at how many people say no to that. But then when you do get one, you know, and it depends what your cost of goods sold is, uh, but it very likely is worthwhile and certainly will be cheaper than, you know, hiring an agency to do it for you. Yeah. Or if paying an influencer you, to post about it. Yeah, also true. If you could share one key piece of advice, what would it be? Just do it, right? Just send out those messages. I know there's so much doubt that comes into mind. When I when I speak to brand founders, they have like, you know, 10 different excuses of why things will not work, but they don't respond and they don't do this and they ask for so much money. They're, I say, just send out those 50 messages. As you said, you'll be surprised, but how many will agree to that with like great accounts and followers and, you know, people that you never thought that they would agree to receive a free product and then post about you. The dopamine hit that you will get out of one influencer who loved your product and posted about you, even if they have 30,000 followers, will get you the drive and the energy to send out 50 more messages or at least, you know, work on hiring a VA that will do that for you. So just just, just give it a try, right? It, 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 as I said, it doesn't cost you anything. Just give it a try. See very, 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 very little results and then build up from there. I... I agree with that advice, that advice. And here, let me let me rephrase it this way. If you are listening and you go, well, that sounds fine and good, but it's just not right for my brand. Yeah. If that's your objection, and I already knew that that was your objection, okay, maybe just just give it a shot. 
And also consider how much time do you already spend on social media, right? And that's probably mostly procrastinating. You can yep. turn that into a, a productive feeling activity because now it's research uh, and outreach uh, and community building. That sounds yeah. you know, much more positive. That is a, a better yeah. way to approach social media than the endless gazing pool that they want it to be for impressions. And so, Tomer, where could we go to learn more about you? You've, you've right. shared so, so much value with us. What? I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad it was valuable. So um, one free resource that I would love to give out is the Influencer Relationship Profits Checklist that me and my team use every single day and every single week. And it's very straightforward for people to just go through that checklist. And within less than an hour a day, they will go through all of the different paths that will get them the momentum they need. If they follow this checklist for a month, I guarantee that they will see some results that will get them what they need in order to move forward and scale it up. So you can just go to influencerschecklist.com and download that free resource. Um, I'm pretty active on Twitter. So if someone wants to follow or just DM or ask a question, feel free. Just look up for my name. You'll find it. And um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And beautiful. I will include those in the show notes. What did you say your your Twitter handle was? Tomer Han. Just oh, my well, name. That's easy. As is. Yeah. Tomer, this has been inspiring and insightful. I and I love checklists. Oh God, I, I live and die by checklists. That's like <laughs> my standard operating procedures. Even for when I end this show, I have a checklist I go through for like, okay, here's what you got to do now. And so I, I love that that is our our, our giveaway. Um, thrilling. Okay. And if you're, you're listening and you found this valuable, oh my gosh, please, please consider subscribing and leaving a review if you haven't and check out our Facebook group, the unofficial Shopify podcast insiders, so we can get, get some feedback. And thank you for listening. Keep Keep selling. The unofficial Shopify podcast is brought to you by Loop. Loop is a returns management platform that makes returns profitable and stress-free for you and your shoppers. Loop offers automated returns, exchanges, and store credit options to lower costs and increase revenue. Do you want to offer at-home pickup or boxless drop-offs? Need to lower return costs or increase repeat purchases? How about all of the above? That's what's possible with Loop. Loop delivers customized returns management solutions for Shopify merchants of all sizes, like Studs, Princess Polly, Code Epoxy, to turn returns into returning customers. Find out why thousands of Shopify merchants choose Loop to manage their returns at loopreturns.com. That's loopreturns.com.